Welcome to Bitstore, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy, nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger. With me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Welcome to the Bitstore. Episode, I've forgotten, 146 or something? Yeah, it's 146. Yeah. So, why don't you tell the lovely people at home what we're going to do this week, Trevor? Gonna sit here and shoot the shit. We're yeah, this is a podcast about two guys who just <laughs> chat about <laughs> movies and things. And, you know, we think we've got a unique view on the world as two privileged white guys. <laughs> no, that's not what this is about at all. We each have a random word generator in front of us on the count of three through one. We're going to click refresh, get those words, throw them at each other, come up with a game idea. Then when it doesn't work, we throw it away and click again. Yeah. Or even if it does work, because, you know, you can only go so far. All right, let's do it. Three to one click. Authorization. Urgency. Urgency? Okay. That's kind of interesting. I'm getting the idea of, like, something around trying to get into a door. Like, you need the right sort of, you know, authorization, obviously, whether it's a key card or a retinal scan or a voice scan or, like, maybe you have to- Maybe it's like a, an adventure game that's entirely around getting through this one door and beating all of the different authorization <laughs> methods. It's like, I've been playing a few mobile games recently and- some of them are just, like, very, very simple puzzle that just- They keep on adding new levels to, adding new levels yep. to. And the idea of having, like, a, you know, a fingerprint scanner sort of thing and then, you know, eye scanner and just having to do, like, mini games to sort of try and line mm. things up really quickly. That could be cool. I like the idea of it being a puzzle game. Yeah, and every level you have to- Yeah, you have to get a certain number of, of authorization elements into their correct place. So, you've got, like- uh, you know, a key card or even just a, an actual key into a lock or, um, you know, the eyeball to the retinal scan and the mouth to the, like, I'm kind of almost picturing you moving these elements around on a board or something in some way. Or, you know, like, have you seen that game? Uh, is it Steven's Sausage Roll? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where it's just like, you have to, you can only move things in certain ways, right? And certain, and certain things block them or like, um, Snake Bird or something. Is that- yeah, that's the one I think. Yeah. Where it's just- it's- it's- okay, you're presented with a level, you've got to get a key card to the key card reader, uh, an eyeball to the- you know, to the- to the eyeball thing, to the retinal scanner. And, and a fingerprint to the fingerprint scanner. And a fingerprint to the finger- and finger to the fingerprint scanner. And so, the finger's long, right? So, it can't- it can only roll in certain ways. Perhaps the- the eyeball- you can't put it on a slope because it'll roll down the slope or you have to use the slope to do certain things, right? <laughs> um, the key card, it can maybe, you know, get through smaller gaps, but- I don't know, it has other- yeah, so I'm just sort of thinking you could- you could do something interesting and it's just like you have- you've got a certain amount of moves or something or it's doing yep. the least amount of moves- yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I kind of like the idea that it's it's disembodied um, parts that you need yeah. to get to the get to the place. Yeah, I I do quite like that idea. And then you could kind of have this meta narrative of it's almost like in a Get Smart where he's going through all the doors. Oh yeah, I I've, <laughs> that was already in my head and what's right. been going what's been going through my my head the entire do, time. Do, yeah. I'm thinking that every time you get to the end of, like, a series of levels, then it shows, like, a phone box and it goes down. Yeah, sure. And then it, then it opens up and there's just another series of doors. And it's and like, more oh, doors. Geez, they've really, they've really not yeah, we, could, sec- we could do it as a license, get smart thing. <laughs> a little cartoony 99 and get and uh, Max. 
Nice. Yeah, so you're going down to control. Um, you're not you're not Maxwell Smart. You're you're, you're um, agent playing like two. Yeah, or or you're 199. <laughs> right, you're 100. Yeah, you're agent 69. Nice, nice. Uh, agent 420. <laughs> agent 69420XXX. Uh, <laughs> we should never have let the agents start picking their own code names. <laughs> Yes, I, I do like the idea of this being almost like a a very simple phone game that yeah. just is a, a puzzle game. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea that because when I thought of the eyeball on the slope, like having it kind of be this 3D-ish, like it's got vertical levels as well in some way. So, yeah. So, you got to use a little lift to get the eyeball up and then move it across and get that in, in line with this. But if you if you move the finger in the wrong way, then it knocks down a pillar that can actually- yeah. Oh, well, arm. that's it. Maybe, actually, maybe you can, maybe you can interact with the environment in some way. Like you can, you can, you've got a certain a number of finger jabs. <laughs> so not only does the finger have to get to the fingerprint scanner, but it can like do a jab, and it, so it has to be pointing in the exact right direction to like push a block or or something like that to to then yeah like let let the eyeball through or, or block off a slope so that the eyeball doesn't you know go all the way back down the bottom or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. That's really cool. All right, three, two, one, click. Ooh, this could go a few different ways. Fringe dogma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, that could go a few different ways too. I, I'm, I'm these are pe- both these are both interesting words that we could um, play with, but also interesting franchises. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> TV series and movies. I'm I'm kind of thinking that it's it's a sort of like a a future future world of of dogma that kind of crosses over with the fringe universe in the fact that i'm pretty sure loki survived dogma right yeah to be clear we're talking about kevin smith's 1999 1999 movie dogma the reason i know that is because it's one of the first movies i downloaded and it would have had the release year on it (laughs) (laughs) reason why i know that is because Recently, I've been reading all these articles about how the Weinsteins bloody own oh, Dogma, God. and that's why it's not available for streaming anywhere. Yay. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Okay, so are we actually crossing over those universes? All right. Yeah, yeah I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Loki was Matt Damon's character, yes. right? And yes. he survived because God killed- Bartleby. Uh, Bartleby, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so, has he just been like- and actually, this is probably going to be addressed in the new reboot film about what Loki's been up to. Um, yeah, from what I understand, uh, Matt Damon does play Loki in Jane and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, but we're not. We obviously haven't no. seen that. We're not taking into that. We're making up new canon. Uh, so, Loki's been what for some time? I think, you know, you know those watches that, that were all the way through the Fringe series. Like, he worked right, out yes. that he could actually become, like, a, a Watcher sort of thing. Because watching all the um, all the different- uh, the Different universes or whatever. Sort of, yeah, going through the universes, watching all the all the weird scientific things happening yep. and actually causing a couple of them himself. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. This is feeling- It's feeling a little bit- um, all over the place with those different things. So, let's see if we can kind of bring it down to, to some sort of central story. So, maybe we focus it on mostly on the Fringe universe and the whole yep. Loki coming into it is is kind of a, a late act 
twist or something. Yeah. Like, maybe there's a specific watcher who keeps turning up. And I don't know if we use the actual characters from Fringe or if we set it in- um, just in that sort of world where there's obviously parallel. It could almost be like a prequel to it. Uh, oh, sort okay. of like- oh, is it young, uh, young Doctor whatever? What Doctor John Do- Noble Do- or whatever. Doctor Fringe. Yeah. Doctor John Fringe. <laughs> yeah. John Noble. Um, or, or like when Peter is, is it, is Peter in that? Yeah. When yeah. Peter's a kid or something. So the, so, the issue here is it's been way too long since I've uh, it's Walter Fringe. Bishops. Walter Bishop. Oh, John so Neville's the actor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> young young Walter Bishop. Right. Or we could fourth wall it and it's young John Noble. <laughs> his clone visits him. He's his alternate. Um yeah. I, I can't I can't like the idea that maybe maybe Walter Bishop is sort of like your helper in this. Like it's before he's he sort of went a bit nuts. Um yep. he's sort of like helping you out and, and you're sort of working um as a as a all right, policeman all right, all or right. someone for the FBI. Well no, here's what I'm thinking. Because he was a university like yep. didn't he teach at university or something? Something like that. Or is that later on? Uh anyway, mate well let's let's because uh, I'm thinking maybe you're one of his students. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, he's there as sort of a mentor figure in, in in a way, but um you you've got your own story as one of as one of these students. And then, yeah, we set off some sort of, some sort of dimension hopping, you know, um, what was, this is the problem. I don't remember enough of the fringe law to, to dive into it. Yeah. I haven't seen it for quite a while. I'm thinking more, just more on the, um, crazy sort of side of, of things that maybe there's some experiments that he, that he did and he's sending you out to try and, you know, round them up before they cause too many issues. Or perhaps, perhaps to, to make this simpler. And just hear me out. It's Loki, and he's just trying out a new hairstyle. <laughs> it's actually another mobile game, and it's just like cut the uh, the the tricks to God's hair or whatever. Is he got, he's just an angel in that, isn't he? He is. Yeah. <laughs> Three to one. Click. Like he's got magical hair that grows back because he's an angel, and he has no dick. Three to one click. Yeah. Leader. Fifteen. Th- a couple of things come to mind. High school. Mm-hmm. Because 15 just made me think of, obviously, 15 years old. Yep. And a leader being kind of like, you know, the, the influencer in some sort of, you know, clique or or just uh, school, whatever, president or something. Mm-hmm. Or the other was- it's about 15 people. Yeah, I was sort of going in the 15 people. Okay. You're the leader That's of 15 people. Okay, or it's about, like, finding the leader. or Yeah, something to do with the leader of 15 people. All right. Okay. Where are these ooh, cool. 15 ooh, people? Ooh, 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 yep. Okay. Uh, Lord of the Flies. I'm sort of seeing this this mm-hmm. idea of, of the Lord of the Flies and finding a leader within these um, 15 people. So, the- there's sort of a majority okay. sort of thing that can actually happen. All right. Well, okay. Because you so said you Lord the of the Flies. Aspect. You said Lord of the Flies and that obviously it put me in a battle royale mode, which obviously like Lord of the Flies has some sort of, you know, there's sort of a relation there. But I like the idea of it being a more social thing. Yeah. And it's not just, oh, when you see people, you kill them. It's like, no, you are trying to- You've got to- It's like- sh- You're trying to gather favour. Yeah. It's like short-ish rounds- but it's like, who is, yeah, who is the leadership kind of going to gather around? Like, when you start, all of these 15 people want to be the leader. And so, it's about something that you do in the game 
where basically the choice that everybody has to make is like, am I going to keep like continuing to try to be the leader myself or am I going to cut my losses and take a gamble on throwing my lot in with a different leader who is doing well? And it's sort of yep. who can, but you know, you, not everyone, I don't know, maybe not everyone can go with one leader or something. It's about, yeah, you, you kind of get points or something or you- what, what I, where I'm sort of seeing this is almost like a rock star bully esque sort of story that there's there's sort of like stuff that's going on you know somewhat an open open environment on this island there's like some secret things happening on the island kind of a la you're lost sort of thing oh see I was very much thinking of this more as a as a multiplayer round based thing oh where this- I, I was thinking more narrative because I, I like the idea of you know, having to carry favor by doing like side quests and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do like that. I just, I, and maybe we can come back to that if mine doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> but it's more just like, oh, we'll, we'll just discuss, we'll discuss we both. We can discuss both. Yeah. And then we'll, t- then we'll take a vote as to which one's better. Yeah. As to who's the leader and who carried the most favor. Um, <laughs> so yeah, cause I'm kind of thinking, I like that mechanic of, Okay, when everyone drops in, they're all equal. They're on this island and, or in this space. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a, you know, an island to have that Lord of the Flies kind of thing. Maybe it's on like a, a spaceship that's just crashed or, uh, you know, or, or is drifting through space or something. I don't know. Like somewhere that they're, they're isolated. But when you start- It's an island, like- but it's smaller than like the Fortnite or the, or the PUBG sort of island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, if it's only 15 people, it definitely needs to be. Well, it was 15, maybe each team. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying, though. When you start, there's no teams, right? Oh, yeah. When you drop- Yeah, so if there's 15 has, people, then- Yeah. I think there's 15 people, because actually, I'm, I'm thinking that the, the, the unevenness might need to come into- yeah. I, I haven't quite worked out in my head how- I, I do kind of like that with the um with the idea that basically you've just got to get seven people over onto your side. You've yeah. You've got to carry favor Well, that's with, it, because then you can have you know, a majority. Yeah. Yep. Then you can have a majority. Um, well, eight so people, yeah, I when you say. drop, like everyone, everyone's equal. Uh, no, seven, seven plus yourself. Yeah, you need to z- seven seven plus eight and then yeah. seven on the other side. Yeah, it's, it's, you, you drop, uh, everyone's on equal footing and basically everyone's like, okay, I want to be the leader or, or I could potentially be the leader, but maybe you get like, and I guess we need to figure out what the actual mechanic is. Is it like building something? Is it gathering something where it's like, okay, I, could go out on my own and try to gather followers or I could just, you know, maybe you get bonuses for allying early on to sort of build up your cachet. But of course, you know, people can flip at certain points. Maybe they maybe not any point, but like maybe there are certain ways that people can flip. Uh, and, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of about reaching the end and, and there's some sort of strategy for, uh, for gathering those followers first. Yeah. So, what, what sort of it's what tricky. sort of multiplayer things are you thinking? Um, yeah. Well, that's what I'm sort of trying to figure out. Like from a from a instinctual mechanical point of view, I'm, I'm like, okay, there's something here. And, and I think if you are if you're the leader, that you're like, if you become the leader yourself, you get more points. If you're on the winning team, you get some points. Uh, and then obviously, if you're on the losing team, uh, you don't. And I'm just trying to think: is it just the first person to get seven? Um, and, and then it's kind of the tension between, well, people aren't just going to join one person right away because they want the points themselves. Like you kind of need to balance that well enough. So it does, it's not just that a bunch of people immediately see three people joined up and it's like, okay, just get in with that group as fast as possible. If you're one of these sort of people who, who really has that sort of 
at their personality that you're going to want to try and lead no matter what. I could just imagine you, you enter into a game and you got like 12 of those people. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess it comes down to, is this like a voice chat thing? Like, are you trying to convince people or is it more around like you have to gather and build something in the world to like present to your leader? Oh, I don't know. Or to like convince a leader to take you on. And you know, I, there are a few different kind of way. I feel like it's the sort of the idea that we need some interaction. And, and some figuring out. So maybe mm-hmm. we don't. Maybe if we don't have ideas, we don't continue down that path. But yeah, there's just there's some interesting mechanical like tension there between those players that I that I like. But anyway, so narratively, <laughs> narratively. So I'm thinking yeah. like a not necessarily a first person, but more of a third person ad- adventure game, almost like Mass Effect and Bully. Okay, kind and so you're playing like teens. Yeah, so you you I, I think kind of following along with the Lord of the Flies sort of idea, kind yep. of like doing a, a reboot of it, kind of like um, you know how um, Enslaved Odyssey to the West redid like the. Um, I knew you were going to say that. I had that that came into my head. Yeah, it's like a reimagined, like a retelling a of, of that story. Yep. Yeah, um, with with you know a little bit more sci-fi sort of stuff going on in the background. Yeah. So, you um, don't have Piggy in the conch shell, um, but no. you have some sort of symbolic uh, device or whatever uh, or, or item, and it's that general idea of of Yeah, where you, where you, do, ha- you do have, like, a, a, a savage group that sort of are breaking apart and, and, and you know, sort of getting it very violent and that sort of stuff, whereas, you know, you've got the, um, the more- or lenient group, or, or but there's also some sci-fi stuff going on the island, a la you know your lost sort of thing. I yeah, like I like that idea of-, of bringing some some sci-fi-ish elements. Like maybe it's actually even set. Like again, maybe it's because I, I don't remember how in Lord of the Flies they got to the island. I think I think like they were they were out on on like a trip with with their teacher or something like that because they they um did really well in this. No, it's a it's a it's a crash. It's a plane crash. It is a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a in the midst of a wartime evacuation, a British airplane clash crashes on or near an isolated island in a remote region of the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's it's only those boys that survive. Yeah, so I feel like something like that, but maybe it's like yeah, like it's like a spaceship or something. <laughs> like you actually do it in the far future, um, yep. so that you've got some. They're almost some- evacuating Earth, sort of thing, and and mm. so it, it's almost having that that extra. Sort of thing that there's no one left on the planet. This is one of the last spaceships to sort of- Or ships to sort of or escape Or just they Earth. don't know. Like, they could be the only ones left. Yeah. And so, they're just like, oh, we need to, like, start a new civilization and and all the stuff of 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 kids or people, any people trapped in, an iso- in isolation like that and the dynamics that come up and the violence and savagery that- Yeah, that, that could come into play. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but just ha- having, like, side missions for, for some of the boys to try and get them to come over to your side, but then you get, like, a rival on the other side who's who's sort of becoming more violent or basically doing the opposite of what you're doing. So, if you go v- extremely violent, then they're sort of doing- Oh, I see. The opposite. Kind of dynamically changes yep. um, based on based on your own decisions. That's cool. Yeah. Like, you've kind got of, your, kind of like you've got your if opposite. You, if you look at- um, infamous how you could go through the through the light side or the dark side sort of sort of thing and 
and your character sort of changed depending on and people reacted to you in that in that way i like the idea of you get to choose which way you you sort of go whether you go down the, down the um the sort of violent order or chaos basically yeah yeah like anarchy or or order yeah i do like that yeah that's interesting that's interesting for sure one question so it was all boys in the original book Oh, hell no. There's not going to be all boys in this one. <laughs> well, it's interesting, though, because- And I haven't read any analyses myself, but I'm sure there is something to be said about the fact that it was all boys um, and whether things would be different with some girls in the mix or not. Uh, not just around sexuality, but just around attitudes and, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, that 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 comes from, from how, how men- uh, Boys and girls are socialized differently anyway, but- um, that's certainly something we could explore as well. I don't know if we want to go down too far down the sexuality route. And not to say that there's no sexuality between 15, you know, 14 year old boys, uh, either, but mm-hmm. I guess it just depends on, on, yeah, it depends on what sort of themes you're trying to explore as this all plays out. Um, so are you thinking that it can go as dynamically as you've got these 15 kids and, it could be interesting that it's almost procedural in a sense. Like, you don't want to make it too procedural if you're trying to go narrative, but procedural as to which kids- Which kid becomes your nemesis? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, becomes your opposite. And then <laughs> kind of like the nemesis can- system that we were talking about last week. Oh, that's- week. And that's why- well, two weeks That's ago. why I said nemesis, because that was actually in my head around- Yeah, it, it's it's more dynamic of- Depending on how you play and and how you interact with specific kids, they might come onto your side. And look behind, behind the scenes, the game probably just switches out the personalities as necessary in a in a in a way, um, or or triggers different story paths or something depending on like what combination of kids you end up with, which could get complex. But uh, but again, you, you'd you'd be able to simplify it down enough, I think. Uh, yeah. But that could be interesting then. Like every time you play, the overall broad strokes are the same. Where you, you got have- some survival sort of things that you gotta you gotta think about food for the group if if you're trying to be the leader and yeah and I, I think there I, are I, actual story missions like you said you know it's a bit more RPG ish I do like the idea that you don't necessarily have to become the leader the idea that if you literally start taking missions that you're you're just helping everyone else you know there's going to be a right a sort of leader that, that- comes forward. Would be that would be that would make it trickier to do the story but story style missions unless you had just that as a separate path. But mm-hmm. um, I do like the idea of having that as an opportunity. Yeah, sort of being able to sit on the fence a bit as well and not necessarily choose sides. Yeah, no, there's a lot. There's a lot of meat on those bones around what you can do with 15 kids isolated on a on a whatever planet island island yep. on a planet, and then yeah, you can. You could do some interesting stuff with the sci-fi things as well, whether there's there are literal other other beings on there as well that they come across or and then how they react to those. Like, does that unify the, the humans or does that split them up even further because they can't decide what to, like, how to approach, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's violently or not? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So, I'm just reading here, there was actually a- um there was actually a 2018 American thriller film, an all-female fe- take on the- um. 1954 novel Lord of the Flies. Oh. Lady World follows eight teenage girls trapped in a house together after an earthquake. Interesting. But it's only got 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
do they didn't do a very good job. Well, who knows? They might have. Um, you can't trust those critics all the time. Yeah. Oh, and hey, it's got it's got uh, Maya Hawke in there from Stranger Things, who it was obvious after I looked it up, but when I realised that was Uma Thurman's daughter, I was like, yep. oh, of course it fucking is. Because <laughs> <laughs> they look so similar. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. All um, right. Three, two, one, click. I was going to sing, pour some sugar on me, but it's just poor. <laughs> oh, poor. Uh, transfer. Poor transfer. So, it's some sort of fluid or sand-based game. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely liking the idea of, again, like a, a small sort of mini game sort of thing in which you're having to almost combine- like different chemicals to to you know um i don't know maybe solve solve small puzzles basically you're you're trying to dissolve say like green blue and and red so you need to mix the chemicals in a way to first dissolve all the green and then work out how to how now dissolve the the blue to dissolve the red to right okay like certain interactions where you're basically trying to figure out these different chemical reactions yep based on color or 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 texture or different things. Yeah. Okay. How would you, how, how are you sort of picturing it? Is this like little granules or is it kind of more a, a, a cohesive body of liquid in some sense? Are they, are they swirling? Are they mixing? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of seeing it almost like on the board. Um, you've got like lots and lots of different colored granules that you're that you're trying to basically dissolve so you've got to work okay. out like the best way of actually dissolving them in the smallest amount of move if you know what i mean yeah i think so so it's kind of like if you mix the red and the if it, like the red dissolves the blue but then how are you can dissolve the red like you would it be that some of them um mix to make a new chemical then which you might then need to to dissolve something else yeah, you could do it that way. Because I'm just trying to think of how that cycle would work, if you know what I mean. Like, so you've got a board and then maybe you've got like, what, a certain set of chemicals in vials or something and you have to choose kind of what order to put them and where. Yep. Yeah. It's one of those things that I'm just wondering if, you know, you can sort of use the primary colors or something like that to, to try and work out. Okay, so if we did red and blue, if they were on opposites opposite areas and then you had purple in the middle then you can just sort of like do the red and blue then mix mix the red and blue together to to make the purple to dissolve the purple um in the middle so that's a nice easy oh you're saying you've got one okay okay you're saying that you've got like the liquid or whatever that you're trying to or the 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 powder that you're trying to dissolve and then you're pouring the liquids onto it to actually dissolve it or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then you have to use the right colours. Okay. I'm thinking for simplicity's sake, you know, not having to remember which which colour dissolves which, you know, the same colour dissolves the same colour sort of thing. Make it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, I'm just trying to sort of sort through the, the solution space in my head of what your possibilities are then and how that would play out. Um because yeah. it's an interesting idea. And you could do some cool, trippy, like, um, color mixing stuff. Yeah. And, and, and looking at the sort of games that I've been, uh, that myself and my, and my whole family have sort of been playing online at the moment, it's very, very simple, like barely even a puzzle sort of game. It's just more. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. What if it's something like, 
instead of pouring liquid over to dissolve sand or whatever, you've got liquid and it's all, it's kind of mixed. It's these things, they don't mix completely, but they kind of can swirl through each other and they'll mix a bit maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, but anyway, you've got a sponge and yep. this is kind of where transfer comes in. So, you could suck up, like, so if you put the sponge into the red, the red will kind of all pour towards it and get sucked up into it and it'll leave gaps. Like, maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a, a, like real liquid, like maybe it's a viscous liquid, right? So, it doesn't just, the other other liquids don't just like splash in to fill that space, like gaps are left. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they slowly fill it in or something. But you could, if you suck up the red and then suck up the blue, then your sponge becomes purple, right? And then that's how you, yeah, then you might, you then you need to do something with that purple to, I don't know, you're trying to, I guess it then depends what are you trying to do with that sponge, but. Yeah. Maybe you're trying to paint something. Maybe you're trying to, like, fill colours in then on something else. And so, you've got a limited amount of the the liquid and you have to put the sponge in the right place to, like, mix it the right way before you wring it out or, or paint it on something. Hmm. Very confusing. Don't you want to click? Yes. <laughs> We're getting a few of those tonight. Where yeah. it's the, the mechanic, the interesting mechanics are there. Um, Our brain isn't a, in it. A, but, well, no, it's not even that. It's just for a podcast, like, without actually starting to try these things out and see, like, how they, they interplay between different elements. So, we're going to spend the it's next like, hour in Unity. You can just listen as we as we sort of click. Yeah, we're just going to click away. We're going to prototype this stuff. Guess what? It didn't work. Okay. Three to one click. Oh, that's the end of the podcast. It's an hour I guess of this clicking. is why. I guess this is why we often tend towards narrative stuff. Yeah. All right. Racetrack. Attachment. Oh. A couple of things coming to mind so you can pick what you want from it. Okay. Uh, obviously, attachments onto cars is one thing or onto vehicles mm-hmm. of some sort. Uh, maybe like, and I think we did something similar to this, but maybe like picking up different pieces as you go to kind of construct yourself in different ways. Or what it also made me think of is like a, a scale electric racetrack. Simulation sort of was? game. Well, it was more the connecting on new pieces of track. Yeah. So, there's some sort of mechanic around actually extending the racetrack um, and whether you're actually driving on it or not, I don't know. But So, one of my favourite games when I was a kid was a game called Stunts. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Of course. So, I'm seeing this as, as literally a 2019 remake of Stunts in which effectively it's- you get to you get to add all all your bits and pieces together. Yeah. Um, making these awesome jumps and all this sort of stuff with with different um, easy easy to connect pieces. You can sort of modify the terrain in very basic ways, but effectively you're you're sort of making making tracks, and then sort of you can you can then take them to like multiplayer races and and yeah, know, bring your friend, I, invite your friends in and and you know make so that's your own definitely. Rules. Cool. I feel like I feel like it, but it's been done though. Like that's got. There are definitely stunt. There are definitely like games where you can just build tracks like that, right? Really? I feel like I've seen that. But what they don't have is the totally janky physics <laughs> of stunts. <laughs> where if you land, you might suddenly find yourself three kilometers in the air. <laughs> See, when when I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like Beam, BeamMG.Drive. And I'm like, hang That's on, true. no, it's not. Because BeamMG.Drive, like, 
the way that things worked is, yeah, here is here is your sort of area, and that's it. Like you play in the playground that we've created for you, and if you want to make your own, then we don't provide anything for you to do that with. Yeah, that's true. It Unlike would be cool to have the soft body, soft body physics yep. of BMG Drive, but in a nicely packaged build up your track. And if I remember right, kinda, like the, the way that you could actually build up your track was very, very simple in the fact that it was sort of like modular pieces grid that based, just grid yeah. based fit together. You know, you could never get around the loop to loop, um, no matter how hard you bloody tried, mainly because the frame rate, <laughs> frame rate was like eight frames per second. Um, so I think in today's sort of day, we're, we're due for it for a new version of stunts that still has eight frames per second, but it's got ray tracing. <laughs> so, it looks amazing, but it's only it's eight, frames eight frames per second. <laughs> Unless you've got, like, the top NVIDIA or whatever. Okay. Can we maybe put some more stru- Rather than just say, let's give you a sandbox, but it's modern. Uh, can we put some structure around this where maybe it's around, you've got a series of missions, but it's not about necessarily completing the stunts. Although I guess you probably have to make it completable. I'm kind of almost thinking in a Mario Maker-esque way, you have have, uh, guidelines or you have, like, objectives where you have to make a track that has at least, you know, two loop-to-loops and, uh, you know, no more than this length of track or something... Um, a, a, you know, kind of like, kind of like, it's got a puzzle mode, almost like your, your, um, you know, your bridge builder sort of. Yeah, kind games. of a bit like a bridge builder where you've, you've got to meet those objectives. And then maybe even the, I don't know, maybe even the AI races around to, to sort of test it and make sure it's completable. It's a legitimate track. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you can unlock new and different bits and pieces. Crazy, <laughs> ridiculous stunt pieces. Um, you know, set buses on fire, you know, make it a bit more evil Knievel-esque stunts where it's, you are creating this fucking kick-ass stunt track, but you've got limited pieces to do it and you have to sort of figure out the best track to make. Like, you've got, um, a whole heap of road, a, a, um, a ramp and 13 buses. And what you do with that is your own your own idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that's level one. <laughs> one of the things that I was sort of thinking about when you started saying objectives, I immediately went to like oh, I think it was like Jetpack Joyride or something like that. It was like one of those sort of games that have like the three objectives at once that you can yeah. sort of choose your objective that you're sort of going for this time. Yeah, yeah. As yep. well as having some pre-designed things we as the developers come up with that has like a single player thing that you go through. Well, in that endless runner style, an endless driver could be interesting. Endless stunt driver. Yeah, endless (laughs) stunt driver. He's just procedurally generating this this track that just goes on forever where you've just got different loops and jumps and spins. and Maybe some different pathways that you can make. Sorry. Maybe some different pathways that you can head down and- yeah, uh, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Your trials fusion or whatever it is. Yeah, and so and then you do have those objectives where it's like you know do a triple rotation or whatever, offer you know whatever you call those um, wheel ramp things that flip you up into the air. And in this one, we want corkscrew, corkscrew, loop to loop, loop to loop, corkscrew. Yeah, there you go. There's an element of Tony Hawk in there too. <laughs> you can manual in your car. 
<laughs> to, to like link the chicks together. Uh, you need you need you need to get up on up on the edge and keep it going for you know x number of seconds before going up the half pipe. <laughs> well, having said that, and just c- to completely go down a tangent, an endless Tony Hawk's style skate game could be really cool. It could be. Where you just constantly, you're just trying to link tricks together. For It's basically like that downhill level, but it's endless. Downhill jam. Downhill jam. Well, well, did they do a whole game of that, or was it just one level? In there, there, two, two there was a um, there was a game called Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam. <laughs> okay, Is, was that basically what I just described? Or I don't know. <laughs> okay, Tony Hawk's um, Downhill Jam. Let's have a look. emphasizes gaining speed of racing opponents. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking more of it's still really around the tricks, and but it's just more. Like that level, you're kind of mostly heading down in one direction, and but you're trying to link the tricks together and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Forever. Tony Hawk's Endless Nightmare. Okay, three to one click. Bunch. Grueling. <laughs> I mean, what's what's come to my head straight away, and we, we usually like to sort of do this, is bunch of balloons. And I'm thinking they're all red balloons. It's- Are there 99? No, I'm thinking more along the lines of a (laughs) horror game based around it. Oh, okay. 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 No, I almost can't believe that they haven't actually done like an an it adventure game sort of thing yet. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to think of how you would do it. I'm kind of thinking like back in- back in the day, you know, whenever they did one of these movie tie things sort of like i'm thinking back to like <laughs> snes uh even even earlier like i think there was a 1990 game of nightmare on elm street part three or something like that that was like <laughs> right a a very loose tie-in in that you could actually play yep. any one of the one of the kids from the dream warriors and sort of just the other ones sort of got captured. <laughs> okay. I do like the idea of a very loose tie-in that's like a 90s era side scroller for it. Yeah. Um, and like your balloons are, your lives are red balloons and <laughs> you just like trying to avoid, you know, if you go past a drain, then a cl- like a clawed, uh, hand in, in clown gear comes out and tries to grab you and- Yeah. But it's mostly just platforming- yeah, platforming, and, and then there's, like, random zombies all the way through the game and, and all these things that you just don't expect. And yeah, at the end of each level, there's, like, something to do with um, Pennywise that comes out. And I, I'm- Yeah, it's like a boss fight, right? Yeah. But the problem is kind of like what happened in, in the second half of the um, of the TV series of It. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, your Tim Curry as Pennywise. It was just, like, the different- versions of um of the nightmares that that pennywise actually played <laughs> right so like right. a werewolf or or like you know just their own personal like fears yeah their own something. personal fears yeah. but it's not till the very end of the game that pennywise actually appears right as as like an antagonist that you can beat well, i guess what are we adapting are we adapting the book are we adapting the 90s tv series we're loosely adapting all of it, but because it's sort of around the era, you're looking at the miniseries. So you got your yeah. Tim Curry esque, your Seth Green. Yeah, that's that's all I remember. I don't think I even ever saw it. Uh, I'm trying to okay. remember um, who it was that was um, playing Bill. It was um, 
What's his name? Young guy who I'm pretty sure was in Neverending Story 2. Oh, jo- yeah. It's Jonathan Brandis. Brandis. Yeah. Yep. He was in Neverending Story 2. That debacle. I I loved that, that movie as a kid. And then I saw it again many years later. And I was like, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> and less said about three, the better. <laughs> oh, God, no. Based on the characters of. Um, okay. So- 90 90 side scroller. Is there anything more we've got there? Do you just fight like the big spider beast? Is that like the final boss when it when it just (laughs) you don't even even fight the clown at all throughout the whole thing? (laughs) No, no, they're it's the earlier bosses, but like in the book, that's the final, like it's when it goes into its gross, whatever, the um, deadlights base form or whatever. Um, but you, you know what has to happen in this, like. It has to go deep into the lore with, like, the turtle and all that sort of stuff. All the stuff that the the movie and the miniseries just missed out all together. <laughs> oh, all the, like, Dark Tower stuff? Well, you've, no? you've heard about the the background behind it that, like, it's from another universe and all this sort of stuff. And there's, like, some mystical turtle that it's afraid of and- and Oh. All this I wouldn't be surprised if that if he if that retroactively ties into all the Dark Tower stuff. Probably does. I mean, Stephen King's very much like that that he, he oh, ties yeah. it all together through through the um, Dark Tower stuff, and then he allows a movie like the Dark Tower to come out and it has got nothing to do with the rest of the fucking series. It's like a I fucking mean, sequel to it. He's allowed a lot of shitty movies to be made, and he probably doesn't have that much control over them after signing over the rights. But yeah, that's just stupid. Anyway, we said at the beginning of this episode that it's not two white guys talking about movies, so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Three, two, one, click. Elephant. Hell. Okay, so I'm I'm picturing a game kind of like a game that we've talked about before, which was Pain mm-hmm. for the um for the PS3. Um, yeah. Except instead Why did of a slingshot, relatively. Why did that relatively mediocre game have such an impact on us? I think it's because we just played it at my place that time and, like, spent ages trying to get nut shots. Yep, yep. So, I'm liking the idea that instead of a slingshot, it's just an elephant that's hurling, not necessarily people, but it's just hurling stuff across into, into like, the savannah or something like that. <laughs> okay. Elephants hurling people, yes. My idea was a bit more- do you remember Caveman Olympics? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Oh, so the picture I thought. So what I thought of in when I heard elephant and hurl was kind of like the caber toss that the you know the Highland Scots do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but instead of a, a big log, it's a it's an elephant, <laughs> and maybe a baby elephant, which you know isn't very ethical, but it's a tradition. You know, <laughs> they they have the 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 annual. Uh, See, I, I thought I you were going to actually say sign, instead of the, the caveman Olympics, it was going to be like the elephant Olympics, and you play elephants who are like doing caver tosses and and high jumps and all this sort of you stuff. Could also do that, yes. Controlling just a trunk, <laughs> like a wobbly jiggly trunk with your controllers or something, could be interesting. Yep, and having to do Olympic style games. Uh, I'm I'm picturing that there's like an equestrian style event in which you as an elephant ride a human. Or <laughs> <laughs> just a larger creature, a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, um, I'm just picturing like how crazy that would actually look. Uh, and then you could have yeah that that could be a ride because you could have you'd have to like balance it and mostly be about balancing. 
and 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 you know like any good dressage it's the training of your human and how well they lift their knees and <laughs> oh and you squashed him well it's you've got to build these humans for leg strength their core <laughs> their core as they get, hold up get, the, get them to do like 3000 sit-ups just so that they can hold you up <laughs> yeah well you've got you've got training mini games where you're you know, choosing which exercises your humans are going to do. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of, of elephants training humans. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that one. Three to all quick. All right. Bartender. Great. Ooh, bartender to the dead is cool. Uh, maybe like, like some bar that is like the halfway point between like uh, the afterlife, right? Like yep. that's where you end up. You die and you just find yourself outside or like just inside the door of this seedy bar. It's kind of like your bar's actually called purgatory. Yeah, yeah. And I'm picturing that your job as a bartender is to sort of listen to the stories and help the people move on while copious, like giving them drinks as well as um, trying to like turf out, you know, the rowdy, I'm thinking demons or, or something, something along well, those lines. Well, I like lines. the idea that you are making the choice of whether they go to heaven or hell. Yeah. This is kind of like, like a papers please but- ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does have elements of that, but I think you're, yeah, you're mixing drinks. There's almost a bit of Red Strings Club. Um, still haven't played that. Play that. I still yeah. haven't played it. Need to. But just in that, like the different drinks you make, you know, maybe give different conversation options or something. Oh, um, I'm just, I'm really loving this idea. <laughs> like, mm. this has got some good stuff in it. Do they know? Do the people know that that they've died? Or I kind of think that when they first come in, they don't. And so, yeah, so I you- feel like they've just, they kind of don't remember. But they found themselves in this bar and so they're just like, oh, I guess I came in here for a drink. Yeah. And they, and it's sort of like, oh, tell me your problems. And, and you're yeah. sort of, you're talking to them. You're, you're making some decisions as well as trying to let them know in the kindest way possible, like that they're actually dead. Well, do and- you have to let them know? Or is it just, I kind of like the idea that when you make your decision, you serve them a certain type of drink and that either like sends them to hell or sends them to heaven. Yeah. Depending on the drink you mix for them. And they have other drinks in between. Yeah. So, it's sort of like a, a final cocktail that- And when you send- Yeah, when it's you, like, okay, you know, one more on the house. Yeah, and then, then you yeah. give them something to settle their tab. And, and basically, that's when, you know, they either get uh, lifted off into, into heaven via a light or they get, you know, dropped down a chute into hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just seeing- the demonic like, screams and the red light come up. And, yep, the yeah, the red light come up and they just sort of disappear and it's like- <laughs> You hear, yep. hear a close as the, as the next person walks in. Um, so, yeah, I am picturing this as a bit of a papers, please, in that it's, a, it's the same kind of people every time, basically. Like, it's fairly, it's fairly strictly narrative, but branching based on the choices you make. And, you know, if you send one particular person to hell, maybe that has ramifications down the line. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea of, like, when this guy works out that he's actually died and he's like, oh, my wife died in the same car crash that I did. But, you know, I don't think she's led, she's led as good a life as I have. Can you make sure that she gets into heaven with me? <laughs> right. <laughs> In a very, in a very obvious homage to Papers, Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I wonder if in certain situations you're maybe, you maybe actually do have multiple customers and you're having to like 
switch back and forth between them. Between the drinks and that sort of stuff. And Yeah, and so there's just a bit of a challenge of like, oh, where was I in this person's story? Or like if you leave, if you ignore them for too long, you know, do they leave? And they could leave like and then they're stuck in purgatory. Or- yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. And, you know, it's sort of like, oh, here's the busy season because, you know, a plane crashed. And it's sort of like you, you're now in the middle of peak hour sort of thing. Right, yes. And then it becomes tapper. <laughs> it's just like hell, hell, heaven, hell, hell, heaven, 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 hell. <laughs> you just you just ask them one word, like yes or no questions, because that's all you got time for. <laughs> but I like the idea that you know you sort of get scored on how yeah, well you I actually think so. do. I think it's. I think there's. They each have a destiny of which one they are supposed to go to, and you get. Uh, again, kind of like the papers, please, you know, you get the little print out at the end. You get some sort of report where it's like this person, you know, you didn't you didn't find the right conversation path to find the, da- the dark secrets that this person was actually a cannibal. You right? didn't apply the right alcohol <laughs> to, to well, get to too, the dark yeah. secrets. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. I like that idea. And again, very Red Strings Club, but like you can give them different drinks and kind of have to- Different drinks will have different effects, whether it's like creating melancholy because you want them because, you know, you, you sense that they want to confess something or creating, um, you know, excitement because you think that they'll talk. This this particular person will talk when they kind of get, you know, they'll just get loose lips when they are happy drunk sort of thing, you know, um, different different ways to 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 put their state of mind so that you get different conversation options. Yeah. I kind of like that you also get, like, sort of, like, the angels and demons coming in every now and again, and they're trying to poach people. <laughs> and so, you, oh, you got right. to sort of they're deal with like, them quickly. They're trying and- to change- Yeah. Oh, well, and also, they just come in for drinks. Yeah. Like, you're a bar still. They just come in for, for regular drinks. Maybe you can't always tell. Um, <laughs> maybe it's not obvious that they're an angel or a demon, or, like, as the game goes across, like, after you, after you come across your first demon, you realize, oh, yeah, like- for a second there, I saw, like, a forked tail or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or and for a second, I, I, saw, yeah. I saw, like, a halo in the reflection in the mirror or something like that. Yeah. And so, you just have to look out for certain signs and it's like, oh, well, I don't have to spend too much time on this person. They're literally just here to drink. Yeah. Oh, I, there's so far that you could actually go with this. Like, it opens for a world of possibilities. And I, I love this this whole, you know, purgatory idea of, of you know, almost being the gatekeeper or the, um, you could almost lead into the the different religious aspects of, you know, it's not quite right. It's Well, it's interesting because, I mean, we talked about heaven or hell, but, like, literally you are the single arbiter of, of whether they've had a good or a bad life. Yeah. Does that make you God? Like, does that, do we, do we shift up the expectations around even heaven and hell? And it's like- Maybe you just move on to a different bar. Like, <laughs> if you go to hell, then it's like a a a, a bar where there's uh, bad karaoke and <laughs> like, and so you just start hinting at that and like weak drinks, watered down drinks. Yeah, um, you know the the annoying drunks puking everywhere. And if you go, if you've been good and outrageous get- prices. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and- exactly. Where, but if you've been good, you're at like the bar where you're. You know, there's a corporate event that you've managed to get a free tab on, and it's, it's actually, all it's the people fun that you love to talk to, and 
everyone's having a good time. Yeah, and, and exactly, and like you're getting flirted with, and <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's not maybe it's not the float up or the um or, or the drop down. It's just like you give them directions to the, <laughs> the you, you let them bar. into the VIP room or you send them yeah, into exactly. like the dive bar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or you call or you call the bouncer to put them in the, like the shitty back room yeah oh and, and you can literally turf people out onto the street if they're murderers and that sort of stuff so they, they if you know you've got sort of like the mediocre people who who don't make it into heaven but they also don't you know make it into hell but they make it into the dive bar but the murderers and that sort of stuff they never get to drink so they were so bad that they <laughs> yeah yeah they uh, I'm, I'm not trying to glorify alcohol too much here, but yeah, they they kind of yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking that this isn't really alcohol. This is more. No, no, I know, but um, there's still the there's the trappings of alcohol around. It. Yeah, I just I don't I don't want this to you know to 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 be shitty for people who don't who don't drink alcohol, but and to say that that's the lifeblood of the universe. But you know, in our game, it is right now. So so so. It's uh, only because, because you got the word bartender and I got the word grave. <laughs> yeah. I think you could take that and, and make a fun game out of it that actually has some good system stuff as well as um, be narrative. Absolutely. Enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. Should we do one more? We can do one more. Okay. Three, two, one, click. Yep. Caving. Spoiling. Spoiling. Caving. So, caving is obviously pretty fun in a, in a gameplay sense, just like- exploring new spaces. Mm-hmm. But maybe this comes down to like you're you're like a hardcore caver. Yep. But there's all the like there are the areas of this cave system where the shitty teens come and they like they spoil it. They leave <laughs> condoms and and fucking beer bottles smashed everywhere. I, I'm I'm kind of thinking like you you th- you think you're you know the first person to ever turn up at this place. And then you turn up and there's, like, such and such was here. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't know what you necessarily play in this game. Like, is this a game where you have to clean up caves in some way? Or, like, maybe you can put things in place to, like, scare away. Like, you find an area that teens come and it's like, all right, I'm going to haunt this place for a while, basically. Yep. Like, you sit out in the dark areas, you know, just outside where they are and, like, make horrible sounds or somehow flush bats out through that particular cave entrance. Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to think whether this is, like, a procedurally generated sort of cave that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm sort of thinking that you're actually, like, you work for, like, the National Park Service or something like that. So, you're going yeah. through these um, natural caves- just trying to trying to clean it up and get it prepared for like the next groups to come through. Well, yeah, I kind of like that idea of, and I'm, I'm for some reason I'm picturing it two D two D on because I just like that idea of sort of this warren of caves going down that's like been procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea that you know the game starts and you've sort of been tasked with mapping out this cave system and preparing it exactly for like. Tourists, yeah, finding the, the the interesting parts of it, making it safe. You have to like put in railings and stuff without destroying it. 
Um, yeah, there are areas of it that like teens have just come and hung out in or whatever. And it's, you know, you got to figure out ways to, to block that off or stop it or whatever. You got to put lights in the right places. Um, I'm, I'm picturing that every now and again, you, you turn up to a certain place and you, you actually find, okay, this area is deadly because there's actually a dead body here. We need to clean this up. In- <laughs> you go- yeah. Well, that's it. And then, so it's almost, uh, it's almost a tycoon game. It's like cave tycoon. Um, because maybe some you, you actually have elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you actually move your way through it yourself to to map it out. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of. I, I like this idea of being able to set certain areas of it as like, okay, this is tourist friendly area because you've put railings and you've put, you know, supports or whatever. But if you haven't done it well enough, like you literally have people die in these caves, um, because you've got a tour guide leading them through, but you didn't put a rail at a place where they could fall. Yeah. So I'm seeing there's certain parts that are kind of like, almost like another world or Prince of Persia in the way that it's sort of. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Done. I, I like that, that sort of individual sort of screen based thing. You can obviously do that procedurally as well but just yeah, having I think that- you I think you move into different areas of the cave like you go through kind of a bit of a tunnel system and then it's going to open yep. up into some sort of cavern yeah so um, rather than it be like a spelunky sort of thing where there's you know those sort of sp- procedural elements and you you're making your way through the cave I think it's more of a um a screen based procedural game almost like a a procedurally generated prince of Persia yeah or at least area generated yeah like, again, it depends if you're doing 2D or 3D, but yeah, because I like that idea of, okay, I've come into this, this cavern and there's some rocky outcroppings and I can, if I put a rope here, I need to put a rope here if I'm going to be able to get back down. Or get back like it's up. More, it's and- about, yeah, it's about kind of making it safe. It's like exploring that whole area so that it can, so that tourists can be brought through safely, right? Like you have to do all this fucking acrobatics and shit to do it. But once you're up the top, you can go, all right, like this connects into this other section. So I'm just going to put a railing here and nobody can get past it, but it's going to be this grand view of this cavern that I just had to fucking climb, yeah. um, you know, and place some lights, place some lights around strategically so they can see the depths of it. <laughs> um, okay. Put put a board down here and put a light above it so that um, you know they they can cross this pit without dying. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's, well that's exactly it. Um, and I think you get upgrades and stuff later. So early on, it's candlelight. You do only have ri- you do only have rickety boards and shit. Yeah, you don't have any power down there, so you've got to like have a generator running and and like lay lay cords and stuff. But you've got to try to hide them because the people coming to visit don't want to see that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're paying good money for this. <laughs> they're paying good money. That's it. They're paying good money to have a natural cave experience, except, of course, none of it is natural because <laughs> that's not actually what tourists want. Like, you're the one having the natural cave experience because you're, like, going through and exploring these caves. Mm. <laughs> uh, I feel like that could be really- It's a, That's a in- really interesting mix of, yeah, like, the platforming- procedurally generated sort of stuff yep. and then like yeah basically kind of a a a, a tycoon game um that's really cool that is cool all right i reckon we I think can we will call it there finish it up we'll finish it up there for tonight thank you for joining us this week on bitstorm if you want to find us online you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm which has all of our stuff. You can get to any of your favorite players there to, to listen to us, subscribe to us, follow us on, on Podchaser. 
Uh, and uh, we've got our private feed coming out soon, so you'll get updates when we uh, bring out new episodes in in your feed, uh, which is which is pretty neat. It is. And uh, we're also part of the 8-Bit Collective, uh, which is a group of podcasts here in Australia, for the most part, uh, making cool stuff and being friends and hanging out and drinking at PAX. Woo-hoo. And we are going to be at PAX, so if you do want to hang out with us, just- yeah, you know, hit us up Choose on Twitter. Line. Hit us, you know, up on Facebook. Just say we're going to be a pack. We want to. We want to talk to you <laughs> for sure. Uh, and eight yeah, bit.net for for uh, for eight bit. Check them out. Okay, and we'd also like you to check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They're an awesome, like-minded group of individuals across Australia and New Zealand, and maybe. Like some other places as well. I don't know. I don't know everyone on there. <laughs> but anyway, look look out for at AGP Network on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Hells yeah. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm doing a stunt. Yeah. <laughs> Three stars. Mm-hmm.